0: I think Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kenzar. Uh let's introduce the guys. Get right to it. Uh let's bring in the guy who's presenting today. Jeff. How's it going? I quit. Oh. Okay. <laughs> that was that was fast. Well, I guess we're looking for a new host. Um, Jeremy. <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> nope.
0: Oh. Okay. Nope,
1: he has to do it. I think we should bring on Grayson. This is his opportunity. <laughs> Wait, I have to do one. <laughs> Welcome, to quit? Jake. <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on? How are you guys doing?
2: <laughs> so that was a super awkward introduction. So anybody that doesn't know, that was Kenzar's v- very first introduction. <laughs> Just threw it right in there. And said, "Kenzar, take it," because Jeff doesn't like to do his own introductions. He, you, you know, and
0: randomly hit record <laughs> and. Left me hanging there,
2: yeah. So, <laughs> we'd good. like to be the first to apologize for that. She was not ready, it's not her fault. Although, it's not easy here on the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast, and we they like to make it me. sure it's not easy, especially for the new person.
0: They're very mean to me.
2: I thought
3: it
1: was a great intro, Kenzar. You did a fantastic Thank you,
0: Jeff. Job. You're Thank welcome. You, Jeff.
1: You're welcome. Well, she didn't give now, us any scenarios. Now, blow my mind. It was just as good as the intro that I had to do for him that one time. I was like, Here we are, we're talking about something that he's going to talk about anyway. <laughs> yep,
2: yeah, we are talking about some fun stuff today. We're talking about the fun stuff, the fun stuff that everyone's been waiting for patiently.
0: I'm so
3: excited. Today's for this. the day.
2: We're getting has there. It, has Jeffrey, everyone been waiting for it? Have you everyone guys been waiting everyone everybody that i know my mom's been waiting for this mom today is the day i can't
0: stop talking about it i'm so excited (laughs) for
2: this i I don't know what he's going to present i mean i know the topic that he's going to present but i don't know where he's going with this so i have i'm not ready for it so there probably will be a part two once i can think and and research all this stuff where i you know i know he's pulling all this shit out of his ass but (laughs) go ahead jeff Tell them exactly what you're going to be blowing our minds with today.
3: Uh Dinosaurs are fake, man.
2: That's it. <laughs> Today's the day, everybody. We're going to do it. We're going to talk about how dinosaurs are fake by the According words to Jeff. of Jeffrey <laughs> Hernandez. Yes.
3: Dinosaurs are fake. Dinosaurs never existed. Dinosaurs are a hoax. And... I already believed this based on prior research, right? Just over the years of whatever. But doing this research to, like, put it down in writing, you know, it's one of those things you, like, research it, you type it up, you read it back three or four times, proofread things. Well, Jeremy doesn't know anything about proofreading, but the rest of us, we (laughs) proofread
2: things. I proofread before I go on to the podcast. I don't proofread before I send a text.
1: (laughs) Or an email to some (laughs) guest to bring him on. (laughs) (laughs) The most... (laughs) the most (laughs) illogical stupid things you could possibly write down just everything smashed together weird spaces
2: (laughs) i have a very very bad habit of not proofreading before i send a text message or an email very very bad so if you ever get a text from me or message or email just know whatever is on there is probably not what i meant to say
3: (laughs) he's not drunk (laughs) probably
1: just normal normal jeremy types like a drunk jeremy gonna get some some scientists on here thinking they're coming onto a three year old's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <sighs>
3: but yeah. So before I do this, did, uh Jeremy, do you want to plug the stuff or do you just want to do that
2: later? What do you want to do? How do you want to what stuff?
3: I don't know. You to go to the thing here, check the thing out.
2: You, type you know, this you, thing. You know what we need help with? Hmm. We need help with uh reaching new people. So our buddy Danny, everyone want to. Throw a Danny out there. Danny! (laughs) 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 Uh, So our buddy Danny over on Twitter does a really good job at spreading the word for the infinite rabbit hole. I just want to say thank you to Danny for that. Um, Thank you, Danny. You know, please take some time. You know, if you you really do appreciate the podcast and the work that we put into it, just let us know. There's a couple ways you can do that. One of the biggest ways you can do it is by leaving a review. That really lets us know we're doing a good job. Not even a review, just leave us a rating somewhere, wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating and review. Um, but there's also two different options where you can leave a voicemail for us. And if you do it over at, I believe it's anchor.fm forward slash infinite rabbit hole, click on the little phone button or leave voicemail button. I can't remember exactly which one it is. You can actually leave us a voicemail. We can put it into a an episode. We can talk about it but we really need help with growth. So, we put a lot of work into this and there's only so much growth that we can do on our own. You know, we can I, just, I can keep plugging the same people over and over and over again with with the episodes and everything, but the real growth is when people start talking about the show. So, if you guys start talking about weird shit, like Bigfoot or how dinosaurs aren't real, just uh throw our name's out there. Throw the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast name out there and uh let them know that they can listen to somewhat pretty good podcast we're we're the world's okayest podcast there it is yeah that's (laughs) perfect that's a great description the world's okayest podcast we're gonna make sure (laughs) 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 but no that's it uh make sure you check us out over at facebook and join our group to just search for infinite rabbit hole with the black logo the white logo is the page where you can catch up with all the news and information on the show the black logo is where you can get in on the conversation thanks jeff You're welcome. You could have done that too, by the way. I could have. All right. So let's do
3: this thing. I know everybody listening to this probably thinks dinosaurs are real. So I'm already the crazy one just for bringing up this topic. But that's okay. Oh, yeah. I'm used to it. I'm so excited for this. Oh, you're crazy. (sighs) Well, I know that. But, you know, I'm about to make everybody think twice. So
2: here it is. I know it.
3: So, everybody's heard me say a lot of crazy things, right? It's kind of my role as the conspiracy guy on this podcast. Sometimes I speak in generalities or or a very hyperbolic way, but it's usually to get you to think about something you might otherwise never consider and to do it in a way that's either funny or just extreme enough for you to actually look it up. So you've all heard me say things like space is fake or we live in a hologram, and without much context to back it up, those things sound ridiculous today, however, I want to talk about this other topic, dinosaurs are fake, but this time I want to give way more context and evidence to back that statement up a bit. So let me say for the record before we get too deep into this, I'm not an expert on this topic, nor am I an expert in paleontology, but I like to think I'm somewhat of an expert in conspiracy, and I want to try to connect a few of those dots to at least make everyone think for more than two seconds about the possibility that what we know of as dinosaurs isn't the whole truth and nothing but the truth as it's been presented to us since we were little kids. Let's talk about the current media and films about dinosaurs and the indoctrination of kids. Whether we're talking about dinosaurs, the shape of the earth, history, or even Santa Claus, deep indoctrination always begins with kids. So let me ask you guys this. Can you guys name a movie you saw as a kid that had dinosaurs in it?
2: Land Before Time. Before Time. All of them.
0: (laughs) Dinosaurs. Yeah. Jurassic
2: Park. I mean, I mean a show, I think. time
0: before time came up, but I didn't want to be an echo chamber.
1: <laughs> I play Ark. Yeah, yeah. Ark. Godzilla, the one of the monsters on Godzilla, wasn't it a pterodon? Godzilla himself was a dinosaur. <laughs> no, no. He's a, he's radiated iguana, everyone knows that. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah duh. From the Bikini Island nuclear yeah. testings. Everyone knows that, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Carl didn't know. (laughs) All right.
3: So for the record, Carl is the cat, my cat. for anybody listening, like who the hell's Carl? Carl's the cat. So nice. Anyway. So most people obviously think of Jurassic park or the land before time, but even those movies are full of misinformation used to indoctrinate people into believing in dinosaurs. First off, both of those franchises are owned by universal studios, which is owned by NBC universal otherwise known as Comcast. Why is this important? A quick search of the top institutional ho- institutional holders in Comcast stocks will show you the infamous BlackRock and also the Rothschild-owned Vanguard Group. They're the top holders of Comcast. Now, I don't want to turn this into an entire episode, you know, into a deep dive on Vanguard and BlackRock, but if you don't know why that's interesting, I'd refer you to another podcast where I did a full breakdown of these financial institutions. You can look up NY Patriot with Shadowband Podcast, and you'll learn everything you need to know about BlackRock and Vanguard. Now here's another connection in regards to the Rothschilds. Many people don't know this, but the Rockefellers and the Carnegies played a huge and critical role in today's educational systems. Back in the day, they spent millions of dollars influencing politicians and foundations to change the entire way we go about educating our kids and introducing things like standardized testing and completely doing away with the traditional ways we would educate the population. Again, I don't want to go off on another deep-ass rabbit hole, but just know that Bruce Rothschild has more than 228 publications over at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History with over 5,700 citations in the field of vertebrate paleontology, The Study of Dinosaurs. So for the small brains out there, that means he has quite a bit of influence on, quote, the science in connection with this field and the promotion of the theory of evolution, which is also bullshit. And just to finish up with this thread, National Geographic is owned by Rupert Murdoch's News Corp, which also owns 20th Century Fox with titles such as Ice Age. Discovery Channel is owned by Discovery Communications, and before I say it, can anyone guess who was the acting financial advisor for Discovery Communications?
2: Rothschild Vanguard, BlackRock. Universal the Studios.
3: The Rothschilds. A woman named Lori Rothschild served on the production and development teams at the Travel Channel and the Discovery Channel. So I think we all get the point. The Rothschilds have not only a vested interest in keeping you entertained, but also in controlling what you think you know. In all of these companies, I've aired many films and documentaries about dinosaurs so let's go to Jurassic Park
2: for a second <clears throat> in the well, hold beginning well the... oh, okay go, go. let's, All right, let's, let's go. talk a little bit throw it at me so how long you said 20th century okay Comcast let's go to that Comcast has been owned by what Comcast? Uh, Hold on, I gotta go back up here. Is owned by the Rothschilds or Vanguard? Right, yeah. BlackRock? Right. For how long? I mean, is this something since the initiation of Comcast? Because I know, Uh, would you say it was CNBC? NBC Universal. NBC Universal. They were separate identities before they got bought out, weren't they? Mm hmm. So when The Land Before Time came out, you know, this is a long time ago. Mm hmm. Were they owned by Comcast at the time? Uh, I don't think they were owned by Comcast, but
3: BlackRock and Vanguard Group have Mm -hmm. been the main shareholders in literally almost everything for decades.
2: Vanguard literally owns everything in the fucking world.
3: Yeah, well, either them or BlackRock. It's like
2: mm -hmm. they're the top two shareholders for everything. Dude, there are connections between the two as they're the same identity anyways. Sure, yeah. Or that BlackRock actually owns Vanguard because BlackRock is, like, big, big. Right. Back, BlackRock goes back to, like, even uh, ties into a lot of religions, mm-hmm. um, which, like you said, we don't have, really have the time to go through that Right. Yeah, that's hole. a whole episode <laughs>
3: by itself. But if you go look up the NY Patriot episode with Shadowband Podcast, like, I did a whole breakdown. Me and Creamer listed out all the institutions that they're the main shareholders in. Basically, the point is these two financial institutions own pretty much everything in the world, and that includes media, movies, television, mm-hmm. all that good stuff, and there, there's a reason I bring that up,
2: but... Even medias know. that you think would be on separate sides of, of a coin, right. they're actually all owned by the same thing.
3: Right. Like, they right. own the most Coca-Cola shares and the most Pepsi shares.
2: <gasps> Those scumbags. Yeah. McDonald's and Burger King. Dirty, Pepsi's dirty.
1: better, but, you know, whatever. <clears throat> <laughs>
2: dirty, dirty, dirty,
0: I agree is but mm-hmm. so my
2: my question basically is because there's a there's a time frame for everything, mm-hmm. right, so is it consistent that everything that you just put out because you put out a lot of information, right, and there's a lot with the Rothschilds and then the what is it the twelve families, right thirteen, 13 families that control the world or mm-hmm. are the secret society families or
1: the Illuminati or whatever yeah?
2: And it's not, it's even above
3: the Illuminati, isn't it? There's a CIA document that's literally called the 13 families of the Illuminati. Or the, right. bloodlines right. the
2: Illuminati. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. And the Rothschild's one of them, right? Right. And the Rockefellers. And then, Rockefeller. No. Thank you. Um. So just so every, everyone that's listening, that's kind of the, uh, the level that, that Jeff is talking about right now. He's not just talking about somebody with a, that just happens to have the last name. Now, do you know if this Rothschild... Uh, had any paleontology degrees or any sort of uh, interest professionally in this? Don't get, ahead of, Don't get this? ahead of me.
3: Don't get ahead of me here.
2: Buddy. Okay, all right, all right. Jeez. All right, you shall continue. now. Unless <laughs> anybody you. else has questions. All
1: right, I'm Didn't just going to jump so. in. No. <clears throat> no You're cool getting some good. sick tribal over that, whatever that intro was, though, let me tell you. Cool, man, I like that. <laughs> A lot of dinosaur growls. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, back to Jurassic Park. Okay. In the beginning of the film, we see Dr. Alan Grant and Dr. Ellie Sattler at a dig site uncovering a beautiful skeleton of a velociraptor. This scene is a perfect example of how movies can warp the way people think about certain things. Can anyone guess what the biggest problem with this opening scene was?
1: It didn't have feathers. Don't get ahead of me. (laughs) Um... It nobody was ugly. actually
2: nobody actually had shovels.
1: That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. They were using toothbrushes to get through rock. <laughs> okay. The biggest problem
3: <laughs> is the fossil that they're uncovering. This Velociraptor is fully intact.
0: I was just yes, that was going to be my guess. Is it was all in one piece?
3: Right. The whole thing was intact. So, Cambridge University. Okay, according to Cambridge University. Only one complete skeleton of a dinosaur has ever been found. It was found over 160 years ago, and of course was sent to the controversial Sir Richard Owen of the British Royal Society, the man who invented the word dinosaur. Now why did I use the word controversial? Sir Richard Owen has been described by some as a malicious, dishonest, and hateful individual. He has been described in one biography as being a social experimenter with a penchant for sadism, addicted to controversy and driven by arrogance and jealousy. Others have stated that Owen possessed an almost fanatical egoism with a callous delight in savaging his critics. An Oxford University professor once described Owen as a damn liar. He lied for God and for malice, quote-unquote. Sir Richard Owen has been accused of claiming many discoveries as his own and even ignoring the genuine scientific content of his peers. Let's just say he was a dick and full of shit, <laughs> which is a conspiracy theorist comes at no surprise to me. Once I learned about the British Royal society and all of their shenanigans. But again, that's an entire episode in itself. So just go look into that. It's kind of the same thing with the BlackRock, Vanguard Rothschild, Rockefeller, Carnegie, the British Royal society. These are all the major families and institutions that have fabricated all of the narratives that we live under right now. Okay. <clears throat> Where was I at here? Another key thing to point out from that opening scene in Jurassic Park is when Dr. Grant is explaining how dinosaurs evolved into birds. This is also bullshit. Now that may come as a surprise to many of you, considering that idea has been around for a long time, and even many museums still hold this narrative as truth. Many artists have depicted Velociraptors as having feathers. And Some of you may be familiar with the Archaeoraptor, a fossil found in China in the 1990s that many claimed was the missing link, proving dinosaurs had feathers and thus adding to the theory that birds evolved from dinosaurs. Well guess what? That fossil was later determined to be a fake. It was created from various fossils to help push a narrative. In fact, a Chinese scientist named Cheng Qing, who had initially helped identify the fossil was the one who blew the whistle on it being a hoax. And now it goes by the nickname Piltdown Bird. The name Piltdown Bird has some significance to this hoax. Have you guys ever heard of the Piltdown Man? No.
0: Negative.
2: That is also a negative for me, too.
3: Wow, I thought Jeremy would have heard of the Piltdown Man. Nope.
1: Yeah, Jeremy, what the heck? I don't
3: know, I'm fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So, in 1912... An amateur archaeologist named Charles Dawson claimed to have found the remains of what was considered a previously unknown early human. These remains were widely accepted to be a missing link between ape and man, furthering Darwin's theory of evolution. Once again, this was a hoax, like almost all of Charles Dawson's discoveries. It was a combination of ape bones and human bones carefully constructed and aged to look much older than they actually were. And it wasn't until 1953 that this was determined to be a fake and took until 2016 for the blame to be placed at Dawson's feet. Okay, so that was a long time for them to take this idea of this Piltdown man and push this theory of evolution, right? It was in museums and everything.
2: I did hear this.
3: I just didn't know the name of it. I didn't know it had a name, to be honest with you built-down man, which is mm-hmm. why they call the Archaeoraptor the built-down bird, because it was the same kind of hoax, where they just merged bones together and faked this whole thing. Okay? Makes so sense. The, the idea that dinosaurs evolved into chickens because of this one fossil where they found feathers in dinosaur fossils was a hoax. So that whole idea, there's no proof for it.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: even still to this day,
1: you can go to museums and see that narrative being pushed. Are you going to go further into the evolution is BS line? A little bit. Okay. That's not the main topic, which I could do another show on that.
3: But I'm just trying to, like, bridge the gap because the theory of evolution hoax is, is like, parallel to the
1: dinosaur hoax. Because I I just want to say that, like, it has always bothered me that... The idea of evolution, right, that there's a timeline of like dinosaurs to chickens makes me crazy because it's supposed to be like a billion years or more, like a hundred million years or something like that, that caused that evolutionary chain. But that would mean that if there's such small itty bitty changes along the way that you'd have hundreds of billions of these animals, like literally if, if the earth was that old and we have animals that breed the same as they do today there'd be so many fossils we'd be tripping over them like as we walk along the ground. It doesn't make any sense that they would never have that sort of link and it wouldn't be such a dramatic, here's a dinosaur and here's one with feathers and here's a chicken, there it is. It'd be, you'd see them changing, you know, they get smaller and smaller and smaller and more feathers and here's ones with, you know, more pronounced wings and blah, 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 blah. You'd see that entire scope versus just like, Hey, here's a weird tooth that we found. Let's build a whole skull around it and call it a caveman. You know, it just it's always made me crazy. I'm so glad you said it. <laughs> oh, exactly.
3: And that it's so true and that they're even doing that now currently with uh the human evolution, right? So mm-hmm. for I don't know, a century or more maybe, they've been telling us like, "Oh, we found this type of early human and this type of early human and we have this whole thing." You everybody knows the picture where it's like a monkey, you mm-hmm. know, evolving into a person right? It's on shirts and all kinds of shit. Lit- like, literally, you can look it up now where most, most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I guess paleontologists, I don't, I'm not sure if that's the exact same study of science, but most of the experts would agree now that that's not the evolutionary line we're seeing when we find these different humans, but they were just other types of humans.
1: Right. Right. Different types of environments, you know, right. different whatever,
3: right? Right. Because now they're they're also finding cities. I mean, I, I brought up Gobekli Tepe that one time That's that doubled the age of civilization. Just mm-hmm. one discovery. One place doubled the length of time from when we thought people were making cities and shit. Right? So those types of discoveries throw off the whole timeline. But I'm going to get more into the timeline thing in a little bit, so.
1: That's crazy. I always thought that it was just another type of Velociraptor, if anything, that this one had feathers. I was like, like why an... couldn't they have all had feathers, right? It was it was just a Or fake. something like that.
2: Like ah. a like a denonicus.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just like why why couldn't it just have be another type of dinosaur? But I so, guess since
2: they're all fake. To go over the fossil thing, right? It there is special circumstances that need to be in place in order for something when it dies to be fossilized. So a lot of times you know, things die all the time, mm-hmm. right? And they get eaten, and they get moved and they get decomposed and they don't get turned into fossils. Mm-hmm. But usually I know like uh, whether they're in an environment that is extremely hot such as a tar pit or or even very pressurized as in like a uh, like a rock slide or a mud slide can cause fossilization um basically, if it's open to oxidation, then fossilization has almost zero chance of actually happening, but over time, the fossil again dinosaurs are fake, right, but fossils turn into more of a stone, yeah you know in, in instead of a bone. Yeah, fossils that are that old are are petrified, right? Same thing that happens to wood. Wood actually turns into more of a stone after once it's uh, put into a similar um, environment as yeah, yeah. as fossils. You know, it's the same way fossils or wood gets fossilized by being petrified. Um, so the whole argument about us tripping over a whole bunch of fossils and stuff like that. It would have to be extremely, you got to think about the, the storyline where, what the environment was like back then where uh, we were more volcanically active and um, things were living around these hotbed areas to stay away from the 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 growing cold, right? Because you also were, you were on the fringe of the ice age then. The Ice Age didn't just happen like this. You know, it's something that slowly spread south, and we eventually got into one of the Ice Ages. A lot of people don't know this, but we went through multiple Ice Ages. It's not just one. Um, but fossilization may have been extremely rare with between one time period and the next. And I'm not saying that I absolutely 100 believe hundred percent believe in evolution. I am actually more on board with adaption. This is something that we've talked about mm-hmm. before jake um and I think right, evolution micro
1: versus macro yeah
2: right because even in the time frame that they're they push with how old the world is or how old it can be, even with these new discoveries that are happening every day evolution would still need more time right and mm-hmm. you would have to evolution i believe has a, a bad definition you know people look at a monkey and they're like how did people come from monkeys personally <laughs> i think there's more to it more of a woo woo side to it than that um i don't believe that we directly descended from monkey um but if you take a whole bunch of adapted traits like let's say 10 20 adapted traits that took thousands and thousands of years to adapt combine them together you know and you look at what it looked like before it adapted and what it looked like after it adapted a couple thousand years after <clears throat> you may see something that is completely different like that from a grizzly bear to a polar bear they're they're the same, you know, technically DNA. Very, very similar. They can breed. Um, But they're not. And you look at it and you're like, huh. So when did a, a brown bear evolve into a polar bear? It's not necessarily evolution. It's a bunch of adaptions that were grouped together. And you're seeing these two species side by side. And you're like, there's no way that a polar bear came from a brown bear. But if you look at the genetics, they did.
1: I think that we should put a pin in this, get back to how dinosaurs <laughs> are fake and okay. we should break this thing down because I'm <laughs> going to start going into consciousness and how that separates us from the monkeys <laughs> and the apes. <laughs> well, this, this is a really
3: good point. And honestly, it helps, it helps my argument regardless. So I'm going to dig into this a little bit because let's, take it all the way back like way way back to when there was no life on the earth okay how could you have certain proteins and amino acids just floating around freely adapt into a single
2: celled organism you i can't. actually know a little bit about this so there's two different uh theories about how life got here on earth scientific theories right there is the primordial ooze where whole bunch of proteins amino acids which is a protein you know got superheated and then super chilled superheated super chilled and eventually created one cell or single cell organisms which slowly adapted or evolved into multiple cell and whatever then you go all the way up to human beings then there's the uh transpermia I believe it's called any of you guys familiar with about panspermia? panspermia thank you yes meaning that uh life actually like these microorganisms were actually hitching rides on old chunks of planets such comments. as mars yeah like comets right? or asteroids or something i mean they all come from something right they come from right, some right. sort of body mm-hmm. if you believe space is real just add that to the list of stuff that jeff needs to talk about at some point <laughs> <laughs> um and let's say like mars right let's say an asteroids slapped Mars real good. And at some point it did have single or multi-cell organisms on it. And those organisms traveled through space, which we know can't happen because of tardigrades, tardigrades, uh, also known as water bears are microscopic.
1: Did we just lose Jeremy? <laughs> we just lose him. Thanks for the information. Anyway, good time. Um... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we still have we. I don't know I don't want to cut them off but we still have those microorganisms we still have tardigrades like how long have they been around and they haven't evolved into anything else besides more tardigrades more single celled organisms it's like it, it can't be replicated it's just a adult fairy tale that's all I'm hearing It's just like everything It's just like all these theories are just adult fairy tales that can't ever be replicated. You know, it's like that heating up and cooling down. All right, we'll do it. Show us how it turns into something.
3: I have a huge problem with the theory of evolution for so many reasons. And panspermia I have a problem with because we can't can't travel through the Van Allen radiation belt now. So why would
1: single-celled, simple organisms be able to travel through the Van Allen radiation belt to get here to begin with? Right. And say like the ones that came from Mars or some other planet, it's like, okay, cool. Well, where's their life? Mm, You know, where's where's all the animals and stuff that are on Mars because of all the single celled organisms that apparently just evolved. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Or the idea that the fish decided to walk on land one day. If a fish comes out of the
3: water, it's dead within minutes. It would Mm -hmm. require a hell of a long time of it existing on land in order to adapt and evolved to where it was breathing oxygen from the air and walking around on the ground every fish that would crawl out of the water or flop onto the beach would be dead before it had the opportunity to develop I mean,
0: but that's why increased. the apes walked into the water <laughs> and didn't come out <laughs> she's all on the
1: mermaids but and like i mean we do have fish right that was a, it's a specific type of catfish that can travel from one mud pit to the other mud pit and they can kind of flap their their fins around and and quote-unquote walk to the next area and stuff and i don't know just based off the top of my head i don't know if they're they're breathing air or if they're just holding their breath and not having to breathe but in any case but we've known about those fish for forever they haven't done anything else besides exist as that one type of fish you know right
3: they didn't evolve into a freaking mountain lion that's right the point. they're it still just,
1: a fish. we lost you there jeremy gosh you were so gone I should have I should have screamed out, Jeremy! No, but the the conversation was riveting. <laughs> we were talking so much crap about you. It was great.
2: I'm sure you were. We basically <laughs> were just
3: continuing on with the the evolutionary thing and how it's probably
2: bullshit. But anyways, unless you want to finish your thought that you got caught off, I don't even remember where I was at. You're talking about the target tardigrades. Anyways, yeah. So tardigrades. <laughs> <laughs> Tardigrades can uh, live in the vacuum of space. It's been proven. Blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah, blah, um, blah. So if there was something similar to a tardigrade or tardigrades themselves from Mars um, and Mars got slapped by an asteroid and one of those rocks happened to, to land on Earth and Earth at the time had temperatures that could house those kind of creatures then that's where the, the panspermia theory comes from. That's it. And
3: the only thing I brought up really to combat that panspermia idea <clears throat> is the Van Allen radiation
2: belt. I don't think that tardigrades are, well, at least from the radiation that we can safely measure, because I want to say that after... um, Why am I... Uh, drawing a blank here that that nuclear facility that blew up uh chernobyl chernobyl thank you um even after chernobyl went down they were they found living and animal like animals and uh they, they definitely tested soils and stuff and found some some small even multi-cell Roaches. organisms so i think i think tardigrades are good I wouldn't say that tardigrades would be completely killed off by the by the radiation field um but my, i uh, I, don't, I don't know for sure
1: my uh comment on it was that if they did in fact come from Mars or one of the other planets in our solar system, then where's the life that they would have evolved into, or if they were tardigrades um we still have tardigrades, so they never evolved past being tardigrades right. so either way even like that whole heating and cooling of the the proteins and stuff it still can't be replicated so i mean in my mind it's just a, a cool idea that's now preached as like truth right <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like they call it a theory but it's taught as if it's the truth and it's just like well if it's just something that you made up that you can't ever replicate then why are we talking about it like it's you know this is how it happened well this goes back to the carnegie's and the rockefellers creating the entire educational system
3: and all of what we learn everything we learn in school comes from the rockefeller and carnegie education system and they have deep connections to this dinosaur hopes too so that was why i brought that up to begin with
0: mm-hmm. but anyway
3: so <clears throat> damn it carl he's making muffins on my leg and it hurts <laughs>
0: uh
3: so the the two examples you know the piltdown man the piltdown bird right um oh. There's a lot more than just these two uh, hoaxed examples. okay? And I brought those up just simply to prime your mind to the idea that what is and has been widely accepted as facts regarding the discoveries in the fields of paleontology and archaeology have a history of being faked and distorted to maintain control over the narrative surrounding not only our own human history, but the history as presented to us of evolution as a whole. So that's just what we were just talking about. So. Let's talk about carbon dating. One of the biggest reasons I think dinosaurs are fake is because many of the discoveries that are made are given extremely elaborate explanations as far uh, as their origins and evolutionary history. The problem with that is, most of the explanations have a foundation built on assumptions and even worse, outright fraudulent discoveries. So let's go through a few examples. First off, carbon dating. It's widely accepted that one of, if not the most common way, to date findings in archaeology or paleontology is with carbon dating. Unfortunately, it's not an accurate way to measure the age of many discoveries. In order for carbon dating to be accurate, we must know the ratio of carbon-12 to carbon-14, what the uh, ratio in the environment in which the specimen lived during its lifetime. Unfortunately, the ratio of carbon-12 to carbon-14 has yet to reach a state of equilibrium in our atmosphere. There is more carbon-14 in the air today than there was thousands of years ago. Furthermore, the ratio is known to fluctuate significantly over relatively short periods of time. An example, during the Industrial Revolution, more carbon-12 was being produced, offsetting the ratio. Now take this into account when we think about things like cataclysmic events such as the Younger Dryas event that I mentioned back in the Atlantis episode, or such events like Pompeii or the Krakatoa eruption. There have been many events in just the last few thousand years that could and would offset the carbon-12 to carbon-14 ratio. There are a bunch of other factors that go into the accuracy of carbon dating, but generally speaking, we can get, quote, reasonable accuracy up to about 50,000 years and better accuracy more recently. So in a nutshell, the methods used for determining how old something is, isn't as reliable as many people would think, especially when we're talking about time spans in tens or even hundreds of millions of
1: years. I have a question about carbon 14, just to clarify. Um, so I've heard that that's, this is how we we figure it out, is that the half-life of carbon 14 is like 7,000 years or something like that. But... I don't know what that is based on, like what was initially initially measured to say that this is the half life of carbon fourteen if this has only been something we've studied probably for the last hundred years or so, probably even less It's like how would they know that it's not three thousand years like it 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 deteriorates to a certain point consistently and then rapidly deteriorates like it's just like one of the issues i have with science is that a lot of the stuff a lot of the science that or the the um theories and the experiments that we do there's no long term studies because we've just become advanced enough to look at these things and look at things out in the the universe and look at things on the earth and just say like like oh cool let's start studying this and let's start looking at that to make wild assumptions about something that happened or that takes thousands of years to do when you have no proof of that is interesting to me i mean i guess it's a you got to start somewhere right you can't just say well we have no idea really how long it takes to for carbon 14 to, to completely deteriorate we have no idea what the half life is so we're just not even going to bother i guess you have to start somewhere um and if so, you get proven wrong, you get proven wrong, and then you readjust, right? But it just seems weird to me that there's no—we have zero long-term evidence of this actually occurring. They base you know? a lot of that we,
3: off of the sun's radiation. Okay. The problem is, again, just like you're saying, they ba- they base it on a lot of assumptions that the, sun, uh, the sun's radiation output has been consistent sure. over— all of time essentially right Mm -hmm. and and most of these scientific studies are actually at odds with each other so when the younger dryas you guys remember the younger dryas event that i talked about with the Mm -hmm. atlanta story that wasn't even accepted for a long time a couple decades it wasn't even accepted and now it's accepted so you know they based all of these things like carbon dating and, and everything else But they didn't even take into account things like Younger Dryers or the Krakatoa uh, eruption, which would have had a a massive effect on everything, Uh right? Whether you're talking about, like, the boundaries in the earth where they're digging under and saying, oh, it was under this layer, so it must be this old. Like, they're not even taking into account all of the events that have happened. They're only looking at it from one perspective, and that perspective is this theory of evolution, and it's based off
2: of assumptions and frauds. So. Totally understand what you're coming from there, Jake. It is a good question. Though.
1: You see you see what I'm saying? I, I have a hard yeah. time articulating it because I'm not, you know, fluent in this sort of stuff, but that's just well, the thoughts rattling around in my brain.
2: To to kind of clear it up, right? Science always changes, and I'm I'm just making excuses for science. I used to be you? a heavy, I mean real heavy believer in science. I was uh when I moved to Florida from Connecticut. I live with my aunt and uncle who were very, very heavy into science. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, I had to study certain things like all the time and constantly asking questions to my uncle, who who is a turtle biologist.
1: A turtle biologist? Yeah. Nice.
0: That's cool.
2: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Turtle That's Joe. Cool. Shout out to Tur- Turtle Joe. Tur- that's his that's his nickname, man.
0: Yeah. That's a great name. Is that
2: like Joe Exotic, but for turtles? No, no, no. He's better than
1: Joe Exotic. <laughs> Am I turtly enough for the Turtle Club? <laughs> <laughs> turtle, turtle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <is> um, <laughs> so Anyways. you
2: know, growing up, science was was right. Right? It was it was kind of kinda like growing up where science was the religion in my household. Mm-hmm. And you know, now that I'm a little older and i kind of can see through the writing and see what's really on the wall it's it's questions like what jake just asked that kind of open you up and you're like hmm okay well see what they're really doing here is they're guessing and they're saying that carbon 14 dissolves or degenerates, or whatever you want to call it, degrades. We'll go with degrades, mm-hmm. right? This much in a, in the time span of a year. Okay, so how how long do we have to wait for it to be all gone? I don't know. What what was the answer? Right? How how what's the half life on seven thousand years or something? Like seven thousand years. So they're like, okay, if by math standards it would take 14,000 years for carbon 14 right yeah
1: it's a, it's half life right and then it right. cuts in half from there and cuts in half from there whatever it's like exponential degr- no, degradation right.
2: no fucking idea right? right they don't know it could i mean they it could get to 3,000 years old and simply just disappear crumble i mean think of like any other physical substance in the world right we'll just take bones for example, bones will will literally lose all their moisture and crumble away. And then now they're just dust and dirt in with the rest of the world. And then like literally after a good couple of years, you can sift through a dirt pile where the bones were, and you can't tell the difference between dirt and bone.
1: I like um what Jeff was saying with the uh the different levels of carbon 12 and carbon 14 because say like the dead sea scrolls for example we have a pretty good idea of like almost a really good idea of when certain scrolls were written by the apostles of christ and stuff like that this is how you know theologians date the bible and stuff when did paul live when did john live you know did they live around the time christ was here you know all this sort of stuff when were these writings taking place and we can say that from like there right, 32 AD or 33 AD, when, uh, you know, Christ uh, was killed and resurrected until now, we can say, oh, this is the time frame, and then we can look at the Dead Sea Scrolls or scrolls that were written in that time by his apostles or whomever wrote it or the copies that were written um, after, you know, people tried to wipe them off the face of the earth, and we could say, like, okay, well... Let's test these things and say, you know, what's the level of carbon-14, carbon-12 in these? And then use that as, you know, or any sort of like known archaeological things, like say if you had stuff from the Greeks or the Romans or whatever, right? And say, okay, well, we're going to use this as our example to then say, well, this is the way it is. But I agree with what Jeff was saying. If no one was around to... Study the fluctuations of how much is dumped in the atmosphere and all that stuff, because Pompeii was a huge clatic, or cataclysmic event that I don't know may have blown ash worldwide. You know, it could have yeah. done all kinds of crazy stuff uh, when that mountain exploded. But like all these different changes of the Earth and stuff like that, it, it it goes into a lot more issues that I have that it aren't doesn't belong in this episode. But it's <laughs> like. <laughs> I I like that that. What Jeff said that if that's not taken into account, it can drastically offset this known. This is how old things are. Yeah, you know, especially if it's past that point, past our archaeological realm. You know, if we get to this area where uh, uh, Jeff was talking about Atlantis, all these ancient civilizations that just blew our minds with how old you know people are. Or after that, then, you know, they go back a hundred million years, right? It's like, I mean, like how many like earth shattering events do we have multiplied over the years? Like, I'm not talking about like, like uh, an asteroid crashing into the earth and killing all the dinosaurs or an ice age or something like that, but small events that, or I guess they would be big events, but not like extinction level events, right? I'm gonna stop talking. I can't like it articulate the sort of stuff
2: I, I got I got one thing to add, one thing yeah. to add, and that's just you know there there's the ugly side of science where you know science gets ahead of itself, right, but there is also a good thing of science, and when science is done how science is supposed to be done, science can be a really awesome tool, oh yeah okay? and the 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 whole thing about science is that whatever they're trying to look at is a puzzle, mm-hmm. and they're finding pieces like for example. If we're seeing layers in in the ground, right, and we come across a a really dark layer and it looks like everything's fucking toasted, right, Mm -hmm. or a layer of obsidian and we're like, okay, there was lava here. Right. And they take it, right, and we see an inch of this obsidian here and three inches as we start moving this way a couple miles and then we get 100 miles there. Now we have a foot of obsidian and we can get to a point where, boom, now there's no obsidian. It's gone right Mm -hmm. and we measure around we can get a pretty good idea that the volcano is right here yeah right and that's that's kind of where science does it and i don't know all the pieces when it comes to carbon 14 and all that stuff um but i would assume that there's somebody somewhere doing their job as a scientist in the carbon field sitting down and saying okay we have all these pieces, right? But the problem mm-hmm. is, is, that we have all of these pieces that we're missing. So my best guess is fourteen thousand years or seven thousand years for half life, right? Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's how science works. Problem with people is looking at science as is an absolute certainty, and it doesn't really matter what we're talking about. Science in general, okay science we're looking at things to learn about it that's why i hate when cryptozoologists get get such like ugly looks and stuff why are you looking at bigfoot hey we did it
1: yep i I knew it was coming
2: bigfoot's in the episode um right so people look at people that are interested in the topic of bigfoot and they're like well what the fuck are you doing right why are you looking for a mythological creature the purpose of science is to fill in all the blanks. We're just mm-hmm. looking for that missing piece right now. Well, here's the... the oh, sorry, I didn't mean to go were... No, that's that, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I just didn't want people listening to this, you know, just turning their backs. Science going, fuck deniers. You. <laughs> fuck you, science, you stupid <laughs> fuck. Well, the,
3: the, the problem isn't necessarily science in his, in and of itself. The problem is the indoctrination of unknown mm-hmm. things that are based on assumptions, right? So when you have right. like Carnegie's, the, the Rothschilds, you have somebody like Bruce Rothschild, right, who's cited 5,700 plus times in vertebrate paleontology. Okay? So he's one of the 13 family bloodlines. He's already sketch in my book. He's sus, okay? Mm-hmm. He's cited 6,000 times in mm-hmm. this particular field that we're talking about with dinosaurs and paleontology okay he can literally say something and it'll get put in museums right not only does he have the social accreditation because of his sightings and his publications through the carnegie museum but he has the money and the funding and the political and scientific ties and the people and this is just one example of people throughout history who've had these types of connections and and pull in our society to be able to say, let's make a dinosaur exhibit, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: for 50 years, 75 years, 100 years, everybody looks at that as if it is the truth and is the fact of the matter until science does its job in 100 years and they decide, oh, we fucked up in the... Uh, Archeo rap there was a fake
1: sorry this will get you all riled up me and my wife went to a uh, dinosaur exhibit a couple months ago and the children's it was it turns out it was for kids i didn't know they just said you know a hundred dinosaurs blah, blah blah i was like oh this sounds cool it was for kids but we went over there they're all animatronics and stuff but the main event meeting a dinosaur it was one of those dinosaur type costume things where the person walks around in it and they got the they got the uh uh, the leggings so you can't really see the legs and it's like running around like biting at people and stuff it was a velociraptor completely covered in in uh not fur and feathers (laughs) perfect (laughs) example perfect example right so how many kids are going to go to that
3: exhibit or even adults are going to go to that exhibit and walk away from that Thinking that science figured it out, they had feathers,
1: mm.
3: right? And then this guy now now these kids grow up to be professors, and and the, it just goes on and on and on. So we get stuck in this deep indoctrination, multi generational indoctrination. Not,
0: not to mention all the TikToks and whatnot that go around about this sort of stuff as well, too. Like I saw one the other day. Why are T rexs arms so short? Well, because they're not arms; they're wings.
3: Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So it's it's deep, and that's the problem. That's that's why I laid out the first part of this the way I did was to just kind of, again, to prime your mind for the idea that the deep level indoctrination is deep,
2: right? Could you imagine a T Rex flying around?
0: <laughs> that would be hilarious. You're just like
2: running around, like you know, just like wings, and it's just like <laughs> and, and you little think it's tiny gonna,
0: flaps. Like you think it's gonna little roar little? at you,
2: and it's just like.
3: Or it clucks like a chicken <laughs> oh, <laughs> instead gosh. of like the sound that they make in, in Jurassic Park. It's <laughs> just like a chicken sound. Uh, it's re- it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they there's, sound no, like ducks. there's no yeah. hard evidence to show that they had feathers or that they evolved into birds. In fact, I've, I I I didn't write this one down. I should have, but I didn't. But anybody can go look it up. There's a study that was done. I think it was from, I want to say Oxford University, but I could be wrong on that, where they a team analyzed all of these. Uh, dinosaur bones because they were kind of like re they were going back to double check the, the bird evolution theory and they discovered, and I think mm-hmm. it was the femur. I don't, I, again, I didn't write this down. So I might be having some of these things wrong, but you'll get the idea. They analyzed and showed that birds have a specific bone structure. I think in like their femur that allows them to fly and to tuck their wings and all these types of things. And when they looked at all the dinosaur fossils, mm-hmm. quote unquote, dinosaur fossils, None of them had those characteristics, so they concluded that that was not true at all. Not only because of the Archaeoraptor hoax, but just in general, dinosaurs did not evolve into birds. So,
1: so if the Rothschilds and all these like high level families are controlling the narrative, how many areas do we have studying the opposite, where they're like, so no. That's not how it happened and all sorts of stuff is it's just a couple of different places, mm-hmm. a couple, a couple, uh, you know, presti- you know, good colleges and stuff where they're just like, hey, let's argue against, you know, let's continue with what science should be, which is someone makes a theory. Someone makes an opposing theory. There let's is see only which a one few, lines really, up, but right?
3: It's actually really interesting. And this is a whole other episode again. But some of those same institutions like the Carnegie's, right, they actually have counter arguments to a lot of this stuff as well. So there's studies that are funded by the Rothschilds mm-hmm. or by the Carnegies or whoever you want to take your pick that'll actually go against the theory of evolution, go against dinosaurs. So it's like a controlled opposition thing. They're doing this to one create confusion, mm-hmm. right And two, there's like a, a it's like the universal uh, karmic law. They have to in some way give you the truth or insinuate the truth so that when they give you the lie, they're not held responsible for it, whether it be by karma or by judgment or whatever you know, whatever you want to frame it as. so they give you the truth on one hand and the hoax on the other hand, and they just let us fight about the whole thing.
1: Is the dress blue and gold or is it yeah
3: <laughs> anyway, so let's get let's get into this a little more, right So we talked about a couple frauds, right? the Piltdown man Piltdown bird, right and trust me there's a, there's a lot more. there's a shit ton more. Frauds out there that I'm not even going to bring up because we'll just be here for days and days and days. But anybody could just look it up. If you're interested in this, just go look for paleontological frauds or archaeological frauds, not on Google. Well, you could do it on Google, right? But I wouldn't suggest Google. (laughs) Um, But let's get into another important piece of the fraud the Bone Wars or the Great Dinosaur Rush. Okay. The Bone Mm, Wars took place in what's known as America's Gilded Age. From about 1870 to 1900, the U.S. was going through massive changes and advancements in economic growth, scientific discoveries, and industrialization. I could go on for days about why this time was important in the mass indoctrination of the population in many things. I like to use the term scientism. This was the birth age of scientism. So I know Jeremy, you know, you're familiar with this term. I think I've brought it up on the show before or something. I don't know. But the, it's just the idea that science is the new religion, scientism. Okay, and the golden age was the birth of this
2: scientism religion. Right. I don't really have much else to add to that. You're you're right. Science scientism is. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> we get it. All right. Everybody yeah. gets it. Um.
3: <clears throat> so during this time period, a couple of important figures were balls deep in a rivalry to discover the most dinosaurs. Their names were Othniel Charles Marsh and Edward Drinker Cope. There's some super interesting connections with these two dudes in relation to the British Royal Society and with their predecessor, Joseph Leedy, who actually gave up paleontology, citing the lack of funding and interest, although I would argue he gave it up due to all the fraudulent work being done in his field by his peers. So O.C. Marsh and Edward Cope would go as far as to fake findings or even claim the other's findings as his own. They would plant fakes at each other's dig sites, forge reports, destroy digs, and do pretty much whatever they could to discredit the other. They would even destroy their own digs. They would find a, a bone set and they would destroy it so that nobody else could find it. Now, I have a whole other conspiracy theory about why they were doing that, but... We'll kind of get to that at the end. <clears throat> so, again, this is why we call it the Bone Wars, right? And because of all of the shenanigans between these two, there really isn't much I can personally stand behind to say that they weren't completely full of shit. And just like Charles Dawson, much of what was considered amazing discoveries by these two guys turned out to be fakes.
0: i to take a little bit of a turn here. Okay. Fossil fuels. So
3: I've stated not only on this show, but my other show, the term fossil fuels is a way to alter our perception of our primary energy source, right? The term fossil fuels. Most people don't know this, but there are no fossils in fossil fuels. I believe this term was invented to add to the idea That what we drill out of the ground has a limited supply and we could run out at any given moment. Fossils are rare. Thus, fossil fuels must be pretty limited. This allows the controllers of the world, or as I like to call them, the parasite class, the ability to put a price tag on crude oil that goes far beyond the labor costs for drilling and refining. Think supply and demand and scarcity versus abundance. If we think this fuel source is becoming increasingly scarce, the justification for the rise in fuel prices is baked right in. This is kind of a side rail from dinosaurs, but I figured I'd take the opportunity to plant the seed in everybody's minds. Any questions before I get to this next part?
1: Man, I I saw a video not too long ago where they were totally breaking that thing down, and one of the comments of it was just like, this guy said that he retired after 20 years in the oil industry. And it was crazy. Everyone knows that petroleum is an element and that it's so plentiful. He's like, he's like we would dig, drill a hole in the ground. We'd find like a mile of, <laughs> of oil and then just say, all right, well, not this spot. And then cap it off with concrete and move on somewhere else. And like, like, There's just that video so you. much I of it there. It and they're but just not like, only that,
3: they would, they would empty a, a reserve, right? They would drill down. They would empty the oil reserve that's down there they would come back 5 10 years later mm-hmm. and it would be full cool again. So this idea mm-hmm. of a limited
2: fossil fuel is bullshit. So yeah. Are you trying to say that they they use the term fossil to try to basically catch dumb people being dumb? Uh yeah, pretty much. Cuz fossil the word fossil fuel if if I'm correctly comes from the idea that this is very, very old plant and in a you know, smaller case animal matter mm-hmm. um that went through a a form of fossilization um where it was superheated and they have high carbon counts in them
1: apparently that whole narrative is just that it's a narrative like there is more petroleum. In the earth no. than there is water. Yeah. That's that's not the yes earth. On, on the surface. Yeah, yeah. There's more oil under the under the crust of the earth or under the ground than there is water on the surface of it. And that the idea is by saying fossil fuel, it makes it seem like it's hard to get and there's a limited supply because everything is like everything's based off price, right? You can't price something at whatever you want if everyone thinks like it's on you know it's supply and demand yeah i could just go to a stream and get a cup of it you know and then filter it myself and everything's good like you have to make it seem like it's difficult to get in order to hike up the price to what is la right now eight dollars a gallon
0: okay here's my thing with the whole fossil fuels I very vividly remember in school being shown and told that fossil fuels were plant and animal base, but you get shown pictures of dinosaurs and yep. plants mm-hmm. in this, like, tar pit. Mm-hmm. And, and you're told this is dinosaurs and whatnot that have broken down and created oil and blah, 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 blah. And you, you just growing up that's all i believed it's not the first time i've heard this the whole petroleum we're not actually running out of fossil fuels because it's not true fossil fuels and it makes sense that it would seem so scarce if that's the whole we can't find any more like we can't find dinosaur bones because they're all breaking down into this fossil matter well fossil fuel is is now becoming so scarce because there's no more fossils breaking down well
3: that's the exact narrative I was taught in school too.
2: So yeah. All right. <laughs> I I don't know about this one. Okay. I'm just going to be honest here. So uh, an oil well, right? Just picture you dig down in the ground. It's not just a a bulb of oil. It's actually sitting on top of water. If I remember correctly. You know, the first thing that they'll start sucking up is oil, right? And then they'll keep going down until they hit water. And that'll give them sort of a depth of how how many feet or how many miles of oil that they have there that they can pull off. And what they do is they suck the top of it like, like you're sucking your whipped cream off of your your uh, mocha frap from, from uh, Starbucks, right? And it's like... <laughs> And just sucking up the whipped cream, the oil on the top, because oil floats. Once they suck up all that, that oil, I, I've never heard of a, a well becoming refilled. Like, well, once it's, it's done, it's done.
3: I don't have any examples of that in particular right at hand. I'm sure I can find them. That's what they tell you. That's what
0: That's what you know, they that's tell the you. It was, once it's done, it's done, it's like, <laughs> done. I, I got to...
2: F- so, I I'm just throwing this out there. Right, I've already got a couple ideas. We need to get an archaeologist on here. We need to get an oil rig worker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, and what that, we need. that's
3: only one way that they get oils. They they also like, I know a few oil, oil shale. Workers,
2: so. You know, yeah, like, there you go. Talk to them, Kenzar. So
3: there's a lot of different things to it. They, anyways, that again, that was just kind of a side rail. I Just wanted to plant that to see, let everybody kind of stew on that. It does have a little dinosaur connection, like Kenzar was saying. You know,
2: Sorry. something to think about. So <clears throat> we'll come back to that at some point. Talk about museums. Ooh. Okay. Are we gonna talk about the Smithsonian?
3: Uh, not not in particular. We're covering well, up for the me.
1: giants. Oh. <laughs> I like museums.
3: So let's talk about all the uh the badass. They're all, lies. all the badass <laughs> They're dinosaur skeletons <laughs> that we see at museums around the world. None of the bones you see are actual bones. Surprise. All the bones presented. To us on display are nothing more than plaster or plastic models that they've apparently dug up. Never mind the fact that they never find complete bone sets and mostly infer what a dinosaur looked like based on just a few bones or bone fragments. In museums, we are given these massive displays of fully intact bone sets that clearly show how these things looked. But the problem is that nobody actually knows. It would be like if you found a bone in your backyard and magically were able to map out an entire 40-foot skeleton based on that one bone or even just bone fragments. Now, you can find articles saying that, quote, nearly complete skeleton found, or things like 99% complete skeleton found. But I would argue this is a form of doublespeak or wordplay so that they can lie to us mostly and try to avoid any negative karma, like I was saying earlier. Also, I want to ask a question that most of us have pondered thanks to some viral memes. How did dinosaurs mate? Let's assume they could somehow get around a giant tail successfully. How could a male mount a female without crushing her? Speaking of that, how could the bone structures we are presented in museums support the weight of a multi-ton animal while it's running or jumping? These, bo- these bones would shatter under that weight, according to many biologists, unless the Earth's gravity was much lower 100 million years ago, which would also throw off that carbon dating we spoke about earlier.
2: That is true. It would. Now, the whole gravity being weaker, it's a possibility, probably not too much. Um, That's a good question. Yeah, you know, they they'd probably have to like, like let's use T Rexes as an example, right? They got a the fat tail, little arms. Like you can't manipulate, you know, your your partner. So maybe they have to like lay down on their side. You have to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do lizards oh, do it today? Too. Like iguanas. It's a cloaca. Maybe they do it like worms. They're both male and female. In I haven't. I haven't seen it. And again, yeah, I, like I was snakes. doing all this research. I didn't
3: see any good explanation for it. Like I was expecting when I did this search to see like, oh, they were they were like asexual, right? Like they just, the females just laid eggs that were already fertilized. But I, that's not even a, an explanation.
2: Mm. Well, Jake Jake has a, a really good question. How do lizards do now? This is something we should have CJ on for. CJ would be able to answer this. He watches lizards fuck all the time.
1: But even the lizards that we have now don't have supposedly those super long legs Mm -hmm. like the dinosaurs did standing 30, 40 feet tall, right? So could a rex, as we quote-unquote know them today to look like, could they even get back up off the ground if they had to lay on the ground to mate and then stand back up? You would think so. They don't have arms that, arms that are even long enough over to push a couple themselves
2: up. They'd, they'd have to have some sort of way of getting up.
3: You don't think that the multi-ton animal falling on its side would shatter its rib cage?
2: Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it definitely would cause some damage for sure. But I don't think it's a death sentence.
0: Maybe it's just a uh, like a turtle on its back struggling for a while till it finally even, figures out to flip itself over.
2: Yeah, but even turtles like they use their tails to get. The, Get themselves over. Like that's something that, that they eventually learn
1: how to do. Or they die. <laughs>
0: yeah, but there's still a struggle. What
1: about uh maybe 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 the dinosaur extinction was just a big earthquake and they all <laughs> fell over Maybe
3: if there was actually <laughs> dinosaurs, paleontologists <laughs> would have given us a reasonable explanation of how they fuck. Instead of us just sitting here instead of, well, I mean, instead but of no of one us was around here to observe it. Spinning our yeah. wheels about it. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, I'm going to get to the last little section here, okay? Mm. Fake bones. So, believe it or not, fake dinosaur bones are a huge business. You can go to websites and order a uh, order fake skeletons for the low price of, say, $100,000 for a T-Rex bone set, right? Anybody can go to t Skulls.com, one of many examples, where you can buy full, gigantic, Dinosaur bone skeletons, replicas. They're not real. They're fake. Right. And they, they don't make any, you know, they don't bullshit mm-hmm. you. They tell you that they're fake. But this is just to give you an idea that, there, that there's a lot of money and $100,000 for a T-Rex bone set on that website. So, in fact, the entire dinosaur fallacy and all of its inner workings as an industry is worth billions of dollars. From museum tickets to fake bones, movies and documentaries, theme park attractions, and even paleontology itself, there is so much money in keeping this hoax alive. You don't even have to buy into the idea that all of history is a lie and the deep reasons the parasite class would want to change history. You could just look at the dollar bills and see why this is kept up at such a high level. In my opinion, all of the bones dug up and labeled as dinosaurs are either extinct megafauna Piece together to give us this dino story, or some of them could be what would be considered biblical giants. Obviously, if they dug up a biblical giant, they couldn't tell us because we have been so indoctrinated in the new religion of scientism and new findings that could prove any truth to biblical events have to be discredited or explained away by the new priests of this new age
1: religion. The end. So, do you think in this Dinosaurs aren't real. Does this include all prehistoric um animals no. like those massive sloths and saber-toothed tigers and all kinds dinosaurs, of stuff? Is it that's why I just said that the, it's just exclusively
3: possible that most of or a lot of these digs, because they are d- out there digging, excuse me, bones up, right? I'm not saying that there's not people out there digging right. up bones, but I think that they're digging up extinct megafauna, the giant sloth or the, you know, whatever. Take your pick. Oh, okay, okay. And in order to further this narrative, see, so what happens is, let's say you go out and you're digging in your yard, you want to build a, a farm or a garden, and you, you hit a bone. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. You have to report that. And then what do they do? They send, yeah, you know, a uh, uh, archaeological team, usually headed up by somebody, quote, important, like, let's say, Bruce Rothschild and associates, somebody, right? Mm-hmm. They send them out there. They take control of the dig site. They send the bones off to a museum. Let's just say the Smithsonian. And then years and years later, they come out and say, oh, a fucking T-Rex was found in Jake's backyard by Jake. So there's an argument out there where people say, why is that only paleontologists and archaeologists, people with a vested interest, why are they the only ones who discover dinosaur bones? And people like uh, Trevor Vale, who's been on Joe Rogan's podcast, he did like a debate with Alex Stein on the conspiracy castle about this. He would say, Oh, well that's not true. You know, farmers find them. And, and a little girl found a dinosaur bone, but it's like, no, they didn't find yeah. it and say, this is this dinosaur. They just found some fucking bones and they called the big man and the big man came in and they said this was a dinosaur. bone."
1: Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think that there, there was something I saw in Rogan where it was a paleontologist that was talking about like um, people that they're building you know, massive complexes in LA and every time they hit a whale bone, they have to stop everything and call the, the big people to come out and excavate the whale skeleton because right. it could, you know, but again, that construction, is mean, cool. He but, doesn't you know, know. <laughs> what the fuck.
3: All he knows is yeah. I hit something. Maybe he even knows it's a bone, a big ass bone. Yeah. Right. And then again, Trevor Vale yeah. or whoever the fuck it is comes out and they do their old spiel and they send it off. And then they, come back later on and say this was a dinosaur congratulations you found a dinosaur you know what i'm saying so again it all goes through this Mm -hmm. filter it goes through this rockefeller rothschild carnegie filter before we're told it was a dinosaur which is why i don't think that they were all dinosaurs or any of them for that matter i think they were all other things other and they could be ancient like you said prehistoric megafauna other animals right Mm -hmm. dragons i don't know but they can't tell us that they found a
2: giant because that just doesn't fit you know what i mean right so i don't know any of the standards when it comes to you know digging and finding a bone never heard any of that that's pretty interesting stuff i can see it i can see the the cover-up it's interesting I came into this this episode thinking I was going to not believe anything you said. I'm just gonna be completely honest with um, you. I know. I think you're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but, um,
1: <laughs> but Ross. no, you definitely
2: had me kind of thinking. Sort of. That's my you job, know? bud. There's a, you know, I am not one to believe that all scientists are evil. I think there's there's scientists out there that really do think that they're doing a really you know, good job. And I think that there's scientists out there that are doing a very good job at what they're doing.
1: Perpetuating
3: a bullcrap. Well, no, I think Jeremy's absolutely right. You know, like take your, <laughs> take your, your regular paleontologist or archeologist, for example, they just get out of school. Maybe they're two, five years into their career. Okay. And they're out on a dig somewhere and somebody mm-hmm. strikes gold, right? They hit, they hit a bone. Okay. So everybody starts sifting away at the dirt and uncovering more fragments of bone. Right. Again, it's not like in the movie Jurassic Park where they find a whole fucking skeleton. It's just a little tiny thing here and there, fragments, maybe a couple of bones, right? Um, two things mm-hmm. are gonna happen. One, they're gonna send again, the big guy, right? They're not gonna let this newbie just say that this is what this is. They're gonna send somebody who's way more important and they're gonna have the new guy over here go sift the dirt over there or something, right? They're they're gonna close off the area mm-hmm. with the new team now. Or a smaller percentage. Will be bribed or threatened with their career and their livelihood? Hey man, you like being an archaeologist, right? How would you like to be part of the whatever Carnegie history of natural uh, Car- Carnegie Museum of Natural History? How would you like to be cited sixty, seven hundred times mm-hmm. like Bruce? Well, if that's what you want, you get a nice pay raise, you can't tell anybody that this was a giant. You have to go along with this dinosaur narrative now I'm not saying all of them. Here and there, that's that happens. More likely, it's just, hey, you did a good job, Jake. You found a
1: bone. Let the big guys handle it from here. What do you think about the idea that? Because I mean, the very first one of the very first things you brought up was carbon twelve, carbon fourteen, and we kind of broke it down for a little bit, just yammering on about it. But if this narrative that's being pushed is that the Earth is however many hundreds of millions or billions of years old but there really is no way to know, right? Especially after I think I think it was like after 50,000 years, you just have no clue. It's just guessing. Yep. It's just like, oh, it's probably this. It's probably that. Um because there is no carbon 14 left. Right? And so it's just like it's just like, oh, well, this is probably how old it is because we've already said that this thing lived this many mi- millions of years ago so this thing must have lived this many hundreds of millions of years ago especially if we're perpetuating a uh, a narrative of evolution and stuff and one thing led to another led to another led to another um what if dinosaurs are real but they're a heck of a lot younger than anybody's willing to say right and cuz i mean I- i'm just going from the perspective of being a christian guy i truly do believe that at one point human beings and, and dinosaurs were together on this earth. You know, with such small populations of people, it's even likely that they were never in contact. They just existed together on the earth. I'm not saying people were running screaming from the dinosaurs that were eating them and stuff like that. The Maybe problem a couple I have with that
3: idea you know, is that no ancient civilization, <laughs> at least that we've discovered to this point, there's no uh, cave drawings or impressions of humans and dinosaurs together. Now, you can find impressions there of There is of an aliens other... and Bigfoot. Aliens, yes, but even that and is questionable. In Bigfoot. Thank you. But the aliens might not be from outer space. Mm-hmm. They could be from <laughs> the Earth or interdimensional. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's a whole long thing, but you don't see
1: mm-hmm.
3: a cave art of a person standing
1: next to a fucking T-Rex anywhere. But you have writings and you have legends that had to have come from somewhere maybe dragons existed
3: and would, which would go Mm. right along the line with the giants. You can't tell people that dragons were real.
2: Well, what if people were misperceiving tyrannodons as a dragon or a Quetzal? I could see how that's possible, but I think
3: that there, that's a deep thing too, because every ancient civilization has some form of a, A snake god, right? A reptile a reptile god, which is why you get into like reptilians or you get into like dragons themselves Mm -hmm. or anything like this. But I I don't know. I don't I just don't think that dinosaurs as which is why I stated this in the presentation, as were presented, the whole truth and nothing but
1: the truth about dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. So here go ahead. I just wanna oh Well, I just want to throw this out as a talking point. If the whole idea that you're throwing at us right now is that there's a narrative being pushed, right? That evolution is true, even though it can't be proved, and that dinosaurs existed, even though the billions and trillions of dollars that go into all the dinosaur crap around the world, you know, it's perpetuating this narrative, right? That both of these things are just untrue narratives that hold no weight in themselves. What's to say that there isn't cave paintings of people and dinosaurs, but every time they're discovered, they're erased and destroyed to keep pushing this narrative that dinosaurs are billion or hundreds of millions of years old, right. and that we evolved from them? If it's the same group of people that are discovering, as you're right. saying, discovering these dinosaurs or discovering these bones and saying they're dinosaurs, then what's to keep it from being the same group of people that are discovering these ancient biblical writings where they're talking about um, You know, and those things, holy books are are in a totally different category because people will snatch those things up. And, you know, of, of any world religion that says anything dragon-esque or dinosaur-like, like in Job, it's pretty dang sure that they're describing a dinosaur right there with cedars for legs and drinking up a whole river and, you know, a, a tail, you know, that a big sweeping tail and all this sort of stuff. They're talking about Leviathan. They're talking about dragons, you know, all that sort of stuff. The Chinese are talking about dragons. Um, All All these ancient cultures are talking about giant snakes and dragons and and all sorts of stuff, right? Those things are are really snatched up and and held by those groups. Like, people can't get in there to to study and and do what they want to do. But when it comes to a new cave is discovered and there's artwork in there, What's to say that that group of archaeologists aren't rolling up in there and being like, "Holy moly! This says, you know, this has pictures of X, Y, and Z dinosaur or whatever it is, or dragons or giants," and we're just destroying that side of the wall and being like, "Hey, look at look at it's that stick figures and gazelles." One hundred percent. Now I don't know if there's
3: <laughs> cave drawings of dinosaurs. I don't know, but like as far as giants or something for that example. Yes, that happened. Well, sure, all, yeah. I would, I would bet everything that I own that that kind of thing happens. Okay, and I have a whole list of examples that we could get into in another episode about that. But it's, it's either that the dinosaurs just did not exist as were presented, what dinosaurs are, or human history mm-hmm. goes back millions of years, which I'm more inclined to believe, and that maybe we did coexist with some megaphonic reptiles which I would hesitate to use the term dinosaur because of the indoctrination you automatically think of what you've seen about dinosaurs in movies but it's possible mm-hmm. that intelligent humans in this form not Neanderthal or whatever the fuck right but humans in our form now may have mm-hmm. existed millions of years ago and were are building advanced civilizations millions of years ago in which case they would be running into Big fucking animals. So that's possible. And I, I have no problem.
2: You know. Going with that. So so I, I, I got a question. What happens when. They bring back one of these creatures. Using their DNA. So.
3: They've already created chimeras. In laboratories. They've already spliced different genetics. From different animals. And humans. And made animal human hybrids Mm -hmm. okay that used to be a conspiracy theory but it's fact so if one day a jurassic park comes about right they they bring back dinosaurs based on dna right that would not be them just pulling old ancient dna it would be them splicing things together to create a dinosaur in order to push this narrative like a like a there's actually an example Lizard. i didn't even bring it up let me pull this up
2: again really quick um
0: i was reading they have dodo dna and they plan on splicing that
2: well the dodo wasn't even necessarily around in the same time as like the jurassic triassic this was something closer to like um ten thousand bc or something yeah it wasn't yeah. that
0: long ago so well, even then something that that's still like may not be the same time period, but even even then that's absolutely insane. Like, yeah,
1: well, that's possible why? to me that. It's like it's like the woolly mammoths, right? They want to bring back the woolly mammoths using uh the African elephants because they're pretty much the same. And they're like, woolly mammoths are not as crazy extinct as you'd think. Like they were around at the time of the Egyptians.
3: But they also have the DNA for
1: that because it wasn't 100 million years ago
3: in in all of the biological tissues and things like that have completely decomposed from anything 100 million Mm -hmm. or 65 million years ago, right? But like, so in the Jurassic Park movie, remember the fly Mm -hmm. that was stuck in the amber and that's how they got the DNA from the dinosaur to create all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park? Well, that came from the Phanea fly and the Phoenia fly was this archaeological find, It was a, a fly in amber, right? That's where that story came from. This was in the 60s. So they took that and put that in the movie. Turns out that Phoenia fly was another fake. It wasn't an ancient fly. It was, it was a current thing, you know, in the 60s or in the 50s that this fly was trapped in amber. So it's just like they, if they build a dinosaur out of genetic material, it'll be new genetic material that they splice together in a lab somewhere. It won't be like they just sucked it out of something and then created more dinosaurs. You could do that with the Dodo because, again, it wasn't that long ago they could potentially find DNA frozen in a glacier somewhere or something like this, but not 65
2: million years ago. Hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break.
1: One of the things that bothers me about the narrative of the age of the earth is that um, there was a story that I read about years ago that was a, I'm going to use quotes now, dinosaur leg bone that like fell from a helicopter and, tss, and broke in half, broken to pieces, and they found red blood cells inside of it. And they're like, oh, this thing died out 80 million years ago. How did this happen? And So I was just doing a a search. I was just quick to Google search to be like uh, red blood cells in Rex bone. And I didn't find that one, but I found a bunch of different articles on different bones that have been found from 75 million years ago, 80 million years ago that have blood cells in them, connective tissue inside of the, you know, connecting the bones and stuff like that. It's like if everything's supposed to be deteriorated and, and gone because of, you know, it's all turning into, you know, from bone into stone and all that sort of stuff, those sorts of outlier things that happen would completely blow that narrative out of the water and that I, stuff shouldn't even exist you, anymore. I would argue if they took that you know, DNA and from like, those bones and they
3: just created whatever that DNA is, right, in the lab, it would probably be, again, an extinct megafauna a mammoth. Something that died out ten thousand years ago, or five thousand years ago, or it would be something like a biblical mm-hmm. giant, or something like this. But of course, they have to tell us it's a dinosaur. Blah, blah, blah. So that's it. I mean, that's that's where I'm
1: at with it. So, okay, so we talked about it, right? What was it? You said it was Oxford University was going against the dinosaur chicken but, narrative yeah, and stuff. Some
3: university, right?
1: So the example, right? But it's how easy is it? Mm-hmm. Say like people want to go research this stuff, right? Because I'm sure I I hope that some of our or most of our listeners don't just listen to us talking and rambling on with conversations like this, and they're like, okay, cool, and, you know, on to the next thing. But they actually take the time to like look into this stuff for themselves. Um, how easy is it, or how difficult is it to it's find easy. this sort of information? It's easy like, if is
3: it, but it, it is a lot of like. You have to parse through the bullshit at the same time. So like the way I started this was I knew about the bone wars. So I just searched bone wars and I got the Wikipedia and I do not trust Wikipedia for a shit, but it gives Mm -hmm. you enough information. So it gave me a, it gave me OC Marsh Mm -hmm. and the other guy's name. Right. So then I looked them up and I kind of read about them. And then I like learn about the Piltdown man. So then I look up Piltdown man. Oh, comes out that it's fake. And I don't just look for any article saying that I actually scroll through results and look for something that is uh like a legitimate quote-unquote legitimate source right so i'll look up for that to study by whichever mm-hmm. university it is and read what they had to say about it and i just go down the, the rabbit hole like that so when i'm doing this research i got 30 tabs open in order so then when i'm done with that piece <laughs> yeah i delete all those tabs and i'm back to the first tab and then i go down further and i see pilt down bird so i look up the whole piltdown bird the Archaeoraptor thing, thing the, the feathers Boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. It's not hard. It just takes time, and you have to be able to sift through the bullshit. Because for every article that'll tell you that dinosaurs don't have feathers, there's still a hundred articles that'll tell you that they did have feathers. So you have to find like credible sources while sifting through this bullshit. So it's, it's mm-hmm. not easy, easy, but it's easy. It's easy enough. It can be done. I'm just a fucking dude. I'm not an expert, like I said at the beginning of this. I'm not an expert in this topic, even. But just with a couple of weeks, a couple Mm -hmm. hours a day, not even every day, just, you know, when I got the time, just dig into it a little bit and you start and then it goes for anything. Space is fake or whatever you want. Right.
2: That's a problem with the system man. Mm -hmm. is that it's really hard to determine what's bullshit and what's not. I mean, you can look at this stuff, right? And everything that I know of is false. And then you get fucking crazy. You start wearing tinfoil hats. Then you start selling beanies with silver in it. And you Fuck just yeah. go absolutely nuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, where where's the line? Where's the line where it's like, okay, this is the bullshit and this is this is the good stuff. This is this is real. Right? Or are you teetering just on the other side of the fence of the bullshit fence? Right? Uh I play in that side of the fence. That's the
3: thing is you have to be willing to dip your toes into the bullshit side of the fence deep enough to where you can understand
2: the arguments at very least. No, what I'm saying is like, you know, there's the metaphor is a fence, right? You got one side of the, of the fence where it's all bullshit, right? This is all the stuff that they're feeding you, blah blah, 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 blah. Then you have the other side of the fence, which is just people overreacting to the shit that they're being fed. And then you have that thin layer of wood, which is the fence. And that's the stuff right there. That's the good stuff. Reality, right? This is really what's going on. But the problem is nobody can find the fucking fence. That's the problem. Because just as much, just as much people that are telling you all this stuff that they're feeding you, right? That, that everyone is starting to really starting to realize that it's all shit. There's just as many people out there that are combating this stuff with even equally shittier shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: So
3: (laughs) what I would say is that there's no way to know for sure what the truth is. You can't, I don't claim to know what the truth is. I, I, I know what I believe to be the truth, right? But, like, I understand that there's no way to walk that fine line and know for sure which side you're on right and you can go crazy with a lot of this kind of shit you really can there's an old saying that when you stare into the abyss the abyss stares back at you right and to me that means that you have to do a lot of internal work while doing even a research on dinosaurs are fake you have to like look within yourself to kind of determine like how far am i willing to go you know and i'm i'm i fully accept being the conspiracy guy I fully uh, expect to be ridiculed, right? What I do, but I still have to walk that line and determine for myself, like where, how how far on either side am I willing to go? And it's just like, that's just a personal thing. Some people go hella far. Some people like to try to walk a fine line. I I like to try to walk a fine line. So I understand on one hand that universities are all bought and paid for to some extent. So when I go and cite a university study, I'm telling you this, this is what they said but in the back of my mind i know even that could be disinformation.
2: So who knows? So i mean you're a pretty mm. fucking crazy guy, right? Yep. But you're you're one of those crazies <laughs> that i trust. Like you, you you do some pretty good deep diving, man, and i know you do your work. So, you know, when you say something, i i know you're going to bring some shit to the table that's going to make me think. And you did that tonight. So, Thanks, you know, pal. applause for you. Thanks, pal. Not saying that I believe that dinosaurs are fake.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Fair enough. But thinking about it. Like I am. I'm definitely going to think about it. This is going to be what I'm going to go to sleep to tonight is just looking up shit on my phone about carbon and fossil fuels. And it's just like dumb shit that I would not <laughs> normally look at. Well, it's
3: like the weather modification
2: <laughs> episode. You oh, yeah. Like, you... Nah. That you know, one had, had me like, going maybe, for a while.
3: Yeah, and then I saw you <laughs> posting memes about how like they're creating clouds and I was like, "I got them, dude." <laughs> you know? But that's not even the point. Like I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm right. just planting seeds. So you go look it up for yourself. If you want to believe dinosaurs are real, good for you. I could give a fuck less. Yeah. I
1: don't think they are. So the problem that I have with this thing that oh yeah. But this thing specifically is that your viewpoints and things you brought up about why dinosaurs are fake aligns with my belief of why evolution is being pushed as hard as it is. It's not because it's a it's a fun topic or it's just like, you know... I mean, sure, I mean, it, it's interesting, right? But the reason why this theory that can't be proven is being pushed so hard really lines up hard with, you know, my faith. I 100% believe the biblical story. I 100% that Jesus believe that Jesus is who he says he is, right? I mean, like on like our last episode, our guest asked, you know, do you believe that Jesus walked on water? How hardcore are you about your faith? Like, I mean, 100%, right? If we can convince the people of the world that they are nothing more than primordial scum that they evolved from monkeys and stuff like that. You take away people's humanity. You take away their um, their difference from everything else that exists on the earth. You lessen us to animals. You you take away morality. Right? There's no more objective morality. It's all subjective. Um, there's no uniqueness to people. Right? The atheist. We all came from pond scum sort of mindset takes all that stuff away to where it's just survival of the fittest why couldn't someone just genocide an entire country you know it doesn't matter anyway we we don't we're no different than the animals we we kill all the the cattle inside of these slaughterhouses why couldn't we do this to people
3: yeah i'm 100 percent with you it's the, the it's the degradation
1: of morality that's the whole point right yeah. so it's just like so i'm on the fence of just like I want to believe that dinosaurs exist. Not like it wouldn't mean anything if they didn't, you know, it would be weird, but it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't destroy my world if dinosaurs didn't exist. I mean, this isn't like my, my study that my lifelong research and stuff like that. Like I, Oh, I need to find the, the most complete Rex skeleton. And then I find out that Rex has never existed. Right. Um, but it's just like, I'm not in that sort of spot. So, I mean, this is an interesting conversation, all that sort of stuff, but your are chain that you're kind of bouncing along is paralleling my chain of why i i believe things are the way that they are this breakdown of society this breakdown of morality this turning people into or making people believe this that they are not unique that they're not creating the image of god that they don't have souls that there is no religion there's no purpose you know people exist by accident all that stuff it makes it easier for people to do some pretty horrible despicable things if you take away all that stuff all that morality all that stuff because then what you know if there's no basis for all that sort of stuff say like what Jeremy decides is good and bad and what's evil and what's not is totally different from someone else's and we all just kind of go based off our own ideas and stuff then what keeps those top people in the world from deciding that Gosh, we have a lot of people on this earth. Everyone with brown hair needs to die. Whoa. Right? (laughs) Why would that be an issue if there's no reason anyway? You know, it's like no real moral right or wrong because, you know, it's all subjective. It's all based on the person. You know, I'd say that murder is wrong because I go up based off biblical views. But this guy over here doesn't feel that way. You know, and if I have no way to tell him that he's wrong for feeling that way, because there is no right or wrong, there is no morality, there is no intrinsic value to people, I think that that's the reason why this evolution idea is being pushed. But yeah, it's I'm in a a weird spot right now. Thanks, Chad.
3: I'm with (laughs) you. So, what do you think, Kenzar? You think dinosaurs are fake
1: yet?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I'm definitely questioning it now, though. You got me thinking.
1: So, for the listeners right now, we're trying out. The uh, the video aspect of this that we hope to get into one day. And I've watched Kenzar this entire time squinting at her computer, like as if she's looking at I'm, all of us, I'm being thinking. like, I don't believe any I'm of them. I'm thinking,
3: <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> in
1: information. We're asking questions, and Jeff's <laughs> right. This whole time that she hasn't been speaking, she's been glaring at all of us on our individual little, you know, screens, being like, these bunch of liars. It takes <laughs> me a
0: moment to process something sometimes. So. <laughs> Just sitting here contemplating what you guys are saying.
1: <laughs> what are those final thoughts? You had to have come to something. You were really hardcore, anymore. deep into it.
0: I'm now question. I, <laughs> okay Alberta, uh, the Albertan and me. Had I grew up in Drumheller? Drumheller has Dinosaur Provincial Park. That's where they found the Albertosaurus. I'm, I'm questioning my entire childhood now. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I, I don't know if Drumheller's legit anymore. I don't. If
3: you, if you think this was bad, wait till we do Space is Fake.
0: Oh. You, you've you already got me questioning that one. You don't even have to do the episode yet.
1: So, if we're going to go deeper into this idea that dinosaurs are fake, then that means that Ogopogo and Nessie doesn't exist either.
3: Not necessarily. They could have been megafauna creatures. Not necessarily dinosaurs. Again, it's just that the, the the problem is the term dinosaur. It automatically gives you a mental image, right? It's like, I mean, take anything that you're indoctrinated with, right? Somebody says, Earth, you have a mental image of what you've seen on TV of what Earth is. Dinosaur, same thing. God, same thing. A lot of people have a, a an immediate image of like a person that they would imagine what God looks like or any, take your pick, right? And that's the problem I have with the term dinosaurs. So, yes, were there other creatures, ancient creatures? Sure. Were they big as fuck? I'm sure they were. (laughs) Were they dinosaurs as they are presented to us?
1: No. Hmm. So, what'd they look like? (laughs) Who the fuck knows? They didn't have feathers. Jeff, the guy with all these arguments to make you think, but no real answers <laughs> yeah, like I'm not everyone gonna, else. I'm not going to claim <laughs> to
3: know everything. I'm just presenting a question. You know, I just want everybody to think longer than, bro, dinosaurs are definitely real. Are you fucking retarded? Like, no, just think for two seconds. And maybe your perception of dinosaurs
1: isn't correct. I think the biggest thing that people can take away from this conversation the those side conversations, the the side things, was just like, yeah, I mean, all right, so there's like two families that own everything on Earth. That's pretty big information. 13. What can we do about that? What can we do about that? Nothing, right? <laughs> you know, um, or like, no, it was it? It was a couple corporations yeah, that own everything. Vanguard, you know, Rock. what can we, what can we do about that? Nothing, right? It is the way it is. The idea that dinosaurs are you know real and perpetuated throughout everything what can we do about that nothing even if we all decided that we know that they're not real or show us clean heart cold heart evidence there's nothing we can do about that um really we can't do anything about any, any of these topics um gosh they are so dang interesting
3: it's an internal like, thing it's like, a thing that you have to, it's a in my opinion of the most conspiracies it is a form of Internal like finding yourself, let's just say right like we we don't live in ancient times where we could just go live out in the woods or like the Spartans would send their twelve year olds out to live for however long in the wilderness to find themselves before they came back as warriors mm-hmm. right, like we don't do that in our society anymore, so this is my way of doing it is questioning all the narratives and coming to my own conclusions based off of what I find, and in doing that, I have to do deep internal soul searching if you want,
0: mhm.
3: And like that's the way that I find myself. So now I'm. That's why I'm comfortable being ridiculed for saying space is fake or some shit. Because I know who I am and I know why I came to these conclusions. I don't have to convince anybody of it. It's fun to debate people and mm-hmm. make them think and make them feel stupid sometimes,
1: but <laughs>
3: make them angry. <laughs> you know, I do this for me more than anybody. You
2: know. Yeah. You want to do an episode yeah. that really piss people off? It also feels are a lie. No. Talk. Jeff, I'm sure you have tons of information on it, but just do a whole episode on BlackRock. That'd be fun.
3: Yeah, I've got a whole presentation that I did on another show. It is.
2: I I got You you did one on another show. I got to listen to that. Yeah, go to
3: go to NY Patriot. That's his podcast, NY Patriot, like New York, New York Patriot. And then you just scroll down the feed, you'll see New York Patriot with Shadow Band Podcast.
2: I'm gonna have to check that out because that whole the whole thing about BlackRock, the history of it. The the religious aspect of it, the symbolism of it, is insane. Yeah. Hmm. It's crazy. Rough.
3: Everything's fake. But anyways, yeah, it's past my bedtime, everybody. I have to <laughs> I have to take a shower. I haven't even taken a shower. dude. I
2: haven't either. I gotta do it, too. I'm disgusting. I'm an animal. Well, that was Jeff's presentation on why he believes that dinosaurs are, in fact, fake and not real. Nor were they ever, nor does he ever believe in dragons or any kind of megafauna. He believes in nothing. Nothing exists to Jeff. You don't exist to Jeff. I don't exist to Jeff. Welcome to (laughs) Sin Theory. (laughs) (laughs) But Jeff still loves you. Just remember that. As he loves me. I don't know why, but he does. You're welcome. Thank you. That's been another episode (laughs) of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Please. Take a moment to rate, review, subscribe, head on over to Facebook.com, search for Infinite Rabbit Hole. Check out the white logo. That is our page if you want to get any news or updates on the show. And check out the black logo to get in on the conversation. Let us know what you think about dinosaurs and the possibility of them never existing in the history of the Earth. Until next time, we'll see you next path in the incident rabbit hole. Bye. 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 I think I'm going to take a break and 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 take
0: I